0: Well, hello again. My name is Israel, and if I haven't met you, uh, maybe you're new to us, so a special welcome to you, or maybe you are listening to the sermon uh, online through the media page on our website. Thank you for connecting with us, and it's so good to be together again. Uh, As you know, I'm a part-time guy here. I spend about a quarter of my time at Highlands and three-quarter time in Santa Maria, and uh, it's always a beautiful drive, uh, driving up here, and... uh, Whenever it's misty in Santa Maria, it's very sunny by the time I get over here. It's very interesting. Like, you know, do I live in two different places? Yes, I do. We're in a series called Table for Two. And that is exploring how much Jesus ate with, pe- with people. And it's not by coincidence. It's not simply because he was hungry. It was because he was strategic. It says a lot who you eat with, doesn't it? It says a lot who you don't eat with. It says a lot if you can... Share a meal with someone that you have major differences with, major hurts, disappointments. And that's why it's important for a family to eat together (laughs) on an ongoing basis. You take away the dinner time, the strengths of the relationships, they, they pretty much falter over time, don't they? Matthew 9 is a wonderful reminder that Jesus eats with people and he does ministry in very regular common places. I grew up with this notion that Jesus, you know, he's Jesus. He walked on water. And so whatever he did, it was glamorous. But actually, you read the gospels, and yes, you have the miraculous power, but you have this unbelievable humility. He he does ministry in just common places. It's very common very ordinary there's something really wonderful about sharing a meal with someone matthew 9 you also you also realize whenever you get into the topic of jesus back then especially now there's controversy and here's the text this is god's word to you church and to me as jesus was walking along He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. Notice the word the. That's there for a reason. It was the tax booth, not just any tax booth. This was the tax booth, the one you'd never wanted to go to. What do you mean? Which one do I ever want to go to? Which tax tax season am I ever excited about? But this was the tax booth. This is the Roman tax booth. This is the traitor who is taking money for Rome tax booth. And he said to him, that is, Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. Matthew no doubt knows that Jesus is a rabbi. He sees the people following him already. Did you know it was the highest honor in this culture to follow a rabbi? That it would be the highest honor that would fall on your family and on the village if you were selected to follow a rabbi. It was the best of the best got to follow rabbis around. And they would do everything that that rabbi did. If the rabbi crossed his leg like this, sitting down, and this is this is impressive, come on. Whoa, watch out. Yeah, thank you. That was like two seconds of glory right there. If, if, if the rabbi, you know, scratched his nose with two fingers, you would scratch your nose with two fingers. Everything the rabbi did, you did. Great honor to your whole village if you were selected to follow a rabbi. And pretty much everyone knew the scriptures growing up. There was a training school for, for young ones to learn the scriptures in the original language of Hebrew. And then if you were good enough for that, you would go to another school. And if you were the best of that school, you might have a chance to be selected to to follow a rabbi. And if you were the best out of that group, you would become a rabbi someday. Why is Jesus calling this guy, he was passed up a long time ago. This is a hated man. How many of you just praise God when you write your check to the, to the uh, IRS? You just, Lord, I just thank you right now that I'm writing this check. Or you just rejoice. You start putting, the, you know, you put in your praise song on your way to costco to buy turbo tax praise the lord i'm gonna buy turbo tax today turbo tax you better be turbo i am not in the mood better get this thing done now he said to him follow me i think if i was matthew if i was there i i would imagine matthew going me me you know that's going to really mess up your, your whole credibility. And your whole thing you got going on. What's interesting is Jesus also calls someone who uh, was totally against Rome, so much so that that community of people formed a bond that they would stab people secretly stab officials roman guards or different people they would slip into a crowd and they would stab somebody and then they would leave jesus calls one of those radical people who was against rome he also calls this guy who was the most hated of his people a traitor follow me and guess what he gets up and he follows him he doesn't say well who are you or well you know let me look at my date book He doesn't say, well, for how long? He gets up. You know, I'm all for good marketing. You know, things should look good. Websites should look good. Uh, Publications should look good. You know where the power of evangelism is? That is of calling people, of sharing people the good news. It's the word itself, not necessarily the presentation. It's the word. Isn't that what called you out of your slumber? The word of God calling you? Yes, and we also like uh, Matt. okay? Look at this next one. This is actually the, the picture of the Sea of Galilee. Let's go back to the Sea of Galilee. Notice that Jesus is approaching the tax booth and notice the guy behind Matthew. Right there, Roman soldier. So, if you were kind of upset, you'd have to really keep your cool. How would you like your tax person to have uh, like a, you know, some bodyguards there? That says that says a lot, doesn't it? So here's Matthew, he's sitting there and Jesus says, follow me. And Jesus did his base of ministry in Galilee. Notice at the Sea of Galilee, there's huge clouds above there. And that's why the weather would change so rapidly because it's actually below sea level. And these great gusts of wind would come. And Jesus would walk along the shore. That's where he called Peter, all the other fishermen. And that's most likely where he called Matthew, who had a tax booth set up. Most likely in Galilee, in the north, north of Jerusalem. And he gets up and follows him. Did you know you had to bid to become a tax collector? There was a few people who wanted that job. but You only needed one for a given area, right? And you'd have to bid for it. So if Rome wanted you to collect a certain amount from everybody, you would bid... How much you would give Rome and how much you would take home. So the highest bidder would be the one who, just like an eBay, just like eBay, you'd have to bid the highest, get the job, and then, depending on how much you invested to get the job, you would collect on top of what Rome wanted. You'd collect for yourself to pay yourself back and then to pay yourself, really. So not only were they traitors, but they were greedy. They were not allowed in the synagogue. They were not allowed as witnesses in the court. They were grouped together with a few other people called robbers and murderers. That's how serious it was. Jesus says, come follow me. Let's look at the next one. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. Literally, it says, and as he was reclining at the at dinner in the house, because back then you didn't sit down to dinner, you would recline. On your left elbow you would recline on a pillow, your feet would be extended out, and everyone else was there, and you would share a meal by using your right hand to take common elements. Now I looked up a Middle Eastern meal, I wanted to show you if you have not experienced a Middle Eastern meal before, I wanted to show you what a Middle Eastern meal looked like. So you have an idea. This is what I found. Are you kidding me? Really? A Arabia, Really? Somehow the quarter pounder became Middle Eastern by putting it on a flatbread. But I love this, this, the pack of smokes right there and the fries... And the soda. Very healthy for you, right? Very healthy. And I love the tray. My space. Mine. It's very western. This is not a Middle Eastern meal. This is just McDonald's being McDonald's. Taking over the world. Right? This is not Middle Eastern. This is Middle Eastern. Look at the next one. You sit around. Take your time, you talk, you take your time, you talk, and you would use bread. you had no knives or spoons or forks your your bread was pretty is pretty much your spoon and your fork together. so not only are you with people but you are. Dipping out of the same bowl. You know, this culture is a culture of hospitality. When a stranger would come into the village, people would compete as to who would invite the stranger over for dinner. And they would beg you to stop. Even if you had no time, they'd beg you to stop to come so they could feed you. You have no idea who this person is, but you would welcome the stranger. Why? Because there were very few inns. Very, there was no hot wire back then. Okay, You had to just go and you would just have enough to eat and you would be at the mercy of people. And so if you ever traveled, you'd want that extended to you. And if someone ever refused to do that, the whole village would be dishonored. And they'd get on your case like yesterday. To eat with people back then, Was a sign of covenant, of friendship, fidelity. It was a sign of acceptance. For Jesus to eat with people and to dip out of the same bowl with people who were marked sinners and tax collectors. I I just love that. Many tax collectors, how many do you need to say many? I don't know. And sinners, and how were they identified as sinners? Someone said earlier, we're all sinners. That's right. But you know who a sinner is. I know you know have some sinners in your family, right? <laughs> or are you just driving, that's a sinner right there. Look at that. That is a sinner. You know what, I'm in the bank. There's a bunch of there's a sinner right here behind me. Look at this sinner. Or oh, you're watching TV. It just goes on and on. We we like it's easy to mark. Even sinners identify sinners. I love that. Man, you're bad. You are, you are no good. I love that. Did you know that tax collectors were not allowed in the synagogue? I said that. You know why? Because they weren't trusted. Here's a bigger reason. They were always touching and exchanging money with Romans. Who did not ceremonially wash... They were not circumcised. They ate pork. It was a bad list. It was just a bad list. If you were in contact with pagans on a regular basis, that was your job. Why would we want you around us? Why would we want someone compromised, someone who was so despised around us? And Jesus has dinner with them. And, you know, if we stopped here, it would be, okay, we get the point. This is nice. There's always controversy. Verse 11: When the Pharisees saw this, who are they? They said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Don't you just love triangles? Aren't they just the most unhealthy thing to get involved in? But that's usually how we communicate. Instead of talking to someone directly, we talk about them with other people. I got real quiet. I got a few "ums," but that's we're going to mm, 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 mm. Every triangle is unhealthy. Let's not do that. The Pharisees want to shame Jesus' disciples. What is your teacher doing? Does he have any idea what the scripture says about being with people who are sinful? Notice the word eat. He doesn't say hang out. They don't say hang out. He doesn't say converse. He says eat. Why? That was really detestable in their sight. To dip out of the same bowl. Why? Because... And their understanding of the scriptures, when something unclean touched something clean, both would be unclean. That's Leviticus. The Levitical law was very clear. And you'd have to purify yourself. So don't even go there. And Psalm 1 said, do not sit with people who are scoffers. Don't stand with them. Don't run with them. People who are marked sinners don't do it. So they have a good point. Let's take a look at what they look like. Pharisees were were just a, a lay movement of people. They were not clergy. They did not work at the temple. They were a lay movement, back to the Bible movement. Let's get back to the Bible. Let's believe the Bible. Let's believe God. Let's get serious about our faith. Let's tithe. Let's do it all, man. You know they gave 30% of their income away? That's a lot. I heard J.C. Penney. You know who J.C. Penney is? Maybe some of you. J.C. Penney started off 10%, and then 20 then 30 You know, at the end of his life, 90% he gave to the church. He lived on 10%. You know, that's easy if you're rich. Yeah, but that's still hard. Okay, that's still hard. So only JC has a little up on, on the Pharisees. This is a synagogue. This is actually a depiction of a synagogue that they found in outside of Jerusalem. It was a meeting place. What would you do in a synagogue? You would, you would gather together on the Sabbath and you would listen to the teacher's Read the law, and then they would teach on it, and you were able to ask questions. You would sing a few things. They had a ceremonial bath there for you to clean yourself, wash yourself by total immersion if you needed to do that, especially if you were converting to Judaism. And it was a local option. If you were not able to get to the temple, if you weren't local to the temple in Jerusalem, you'd go to the synagogue. Tax collectors were forbidden from being there. They ask, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinner? And Jesus answers them. The disciples don't have to answer. And this is what he says. But when he heard this, that is Jesus, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. How many boxing fans do I have out there? How many boxers do I have? Meet me in the back? No, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm get annihilated. How many, how many know anything about boxing? I know very little about boxing. And by the way, don't invite me to a boxing event. I shout the whole time. Get him! Get him! They're like, Dude, why why'd I invite this guy? The thing you want to do in boxing, the little I understand, is jab. Right? Why? Because it gets the person off their game plan. If you can get them to lose balance, then you can set them up with a real hit, right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? This is Jesus' jab right here. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. It makes no sense for physicians to only treat people who are well or who think they are well and refuse treatment. What kind of practice is that? someone goes to the doctor and says i'm sick sorry can't help you i only treat people who are well what do you mean well it just makes life less complicated and i just love it coming to work you know i just love it hearing the good news all the time so what's going on nothing wonderful bye it makes no sense what is Jesus saying here? Don't you th- you think I'm just here to eat? There's healing happening here. This is my practice. Well, is don't, aren't, don't don't won't you might catch something? It's contagious. Yeah, that's always the danger. And doctors get very sick early in their practice, right? How many doctors do I have in here? No doctors? How about nurses? No? They get very Yeah. They're coming to the next service. Okay, they're coming there. They're sleeping in a little bit. It makes no sense for a doctor just to hang out. With people who are well. Or people don't really think that they're sick. That's heartbreaking to a doctor. Heartbreaking to a family. And sometimes it's just the right thing to do. But you know what I'm talking about. So he hits them with a jab. Common sense jab. But you know what? That only goes so far with people. Who read the scriptures. And understand the scriptures backwards and forwards. Who have memorized practically all of the scriptures. You must. Deal on, with people as they come. You must deal with people where they come from. And they only listen to Scripture so Jesus hits them with a right hook with Scripture. Take a look. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come. You, do you hear the pre-existence there? That Jesus was already Existing? before he comes to earth. You hear that? For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. He quotes Hosea chapter 6, 6. And I love how he says, go back one sec. I love how he says, go and learn what this means. That's all they did was learn what the scriptures say. But he says, go back again and learn. And by the way, go ahead and leave this dinner party And study what you think you already know. Ouch. Next one. This is what Hosea 6.6 is. For I desire steadfast love, that's the word mercy, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I want you to understand that the top is interpreted by the bottom. For I desire, literally that word is, I delight, I long for, God says, steadfast love. It's one word in the Hebrew. It's called hesed, hesed. And that word hesed is one of the most beautiful words that describes God's love to us. It is an unfailing love. It is a covenantal love. It is a love that sticks with you when you yourself are rejecting God. When people mess up and they are still welcome back that's hesed. The prodigal son. This is Rembrandt's rendition of the prodigal son. When the father makes a fool of himself by selling part of his property and allows his son to leave he's made a fool in the village eyes. What do you mean you sold One third of your property and you just gave it to your son. And he squanders it and he comes back and he throws a feast. He makes a fool of himself again. He does not beat the son in the first part when he asks the unthinkable question. And nor does he beat him when he comes back. He welcomes him back. That is hesed. It is a welcoming love. It doesn't mean that the father says do it to me again. Or just abuse me. Thank you. No. Hesed doesn't mean abuse me. Hesed means when you are wrong, I will still have room for you. I don't want just sacrifice. I don't want you just to go through all the different things that I require of you. I don't want you to live your life the way that you want to live and then you come with your sacrifice, your grain offering, or whatever sacrifice and think that you can go back to live the way you did. Is your heart open to people? who are broken, and who are the wrong people. I desire mercy. You can't give mercy to God. You can only give mercy to people who need mercy. Now notice the second half. I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice. Remember the bottom always helps you interpret the the top. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Sacrifices and and burnt offerings are, are synonymous So is knowledge of God and mercy. Did you catch that? That the way you come to know God is determined largely. Not just your own personal devotional time alone. No, no, no. More so in how you treat people who have wronged you, who, who are just plain wrong. You come to know God I come to know God through experiencing Him how I deal with people on this horizontal plane. Let me end with this. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 1 says, Don't sit, stand, or or be with people who are sinful. Don't do that. Holiness means separate. And that's what it's talking about in number one. Being with the wrong people for the wrong reasons is never wise or approved in Scripture. However, Jesus is freeing His disciples and all those who would follow Him. He's freeing us from a sense of being separate. You know, it's possible to be distinct but still not separate? You will never be condemned for being with the wrong people for the right reasons. You will never, ever be condemned. You will be criticized, but you will not be condemned by God. Why? Because that is how God rolls. God loves showing mercy to people. Do you love it? Let's pray. Lord, we truly ask that you would change our hearts, that you would give us a view of the world as you have it, a perspective. And Lord, we don't need more tracks in our hands. We we need more dishes in our cabinets. To spend time with our own family, to slow down, to spend time with our family, especially if there's been a lot of hurt and to open our doors to people who probably not be invited anywhere much or maybe to a restaurant Starbucks, wherever and Lord if we are really not doing that or not we don't even have that on our radar I pray that you'd place that person in our path grateful that you're merciful to us show us lead us to be merciful to others in jesus name amen